You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. You'll take it, I'm sure. Good morning, Real Presence Radio listeners, friends, and supporters. If you are tuning in for the first time today, welcome. And we hope that you can continue to tune in to Real Presence Radio. It's a wonderful app uh, apostolic effort of the church here locally, especially in North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Minnesota. But it's more than just that, right? We're in Wyoming, and it mm-hmm. reaches, of course, across borders yep. to Montana. And, and with the app, you can yeah, go anywhere. App anywhere in the Take world. Yep. Uh, we are in studio with the guest. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, the, the, cell, the, the not seeing the face is a significant yes. thing. Uh, it's good that the co-hosts are involved. Uh, <laughs> we are here with Father Wayne Sattler. Father Sattler was on with us about a month ago, uh, where uh, he introduced his new role, uh, spiritual director of the Diocese of Bismarck, the Bismarck Diocese. He's moved from parish life full-time into uh, offering spiritual direction to priests, uh, deacons, and seminarians, mostly, uh, but then also affording more time for prayer and for giving to the church uh, both retreats and days of recollection and so it's uh, about five weeks into Father's new role. But Father Sattler has a book, and you will find rest, What God Does in Prayer, a book on prayer. And so I know, Father, you uh, a couple of things to get to it real quick. Uh, we want to go after that title in terms of the concept of why did you name it rest and how that relates as we were sharing on break two, uh, the content, the kind of the guts of your book of, of prayer and, and what our Lord does, God does to the senses and purification. But before we do that, you wrote the book. Who do you want to read it? Ideally, everybody would be a nice thing. <laughs> Listen um, up, readers. It's all for you. Uh, the way that the book came about was just by giving <laughs> retreats um, on prayer for mostly the missionaries of charity and also teaching uh, prayer to our diaconate program in our diocese. And again, it was never really an intention to write a book. It was just that the notes of the, of the uh, talks kept on being requested. And they kept on being formed and um, kind of shaped by the questions that would be asked on every retreat and every class there. Mm. And the the term and you will find rest um, comes from our Lord. He says, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and you will find rest. Uh, I am meek and humble of heart and your souls will find rest. Uh, it's interesting because when I first decided to submit this um, book for publication, some of the Carmelite experts said, you know, you really shouldn't use that as your title because the process of purification that you're talking about um, in John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila is anything but restful. It's very hard. It's very difficult. And so they said, you know, this first effort at publishing, it said, well, we'll have to change the title. Obviously, I didn't stay with them. The Lord didn't <laughs> keep me with them. And the Lord was very insistent on this rest um, that we do receive in prayer. Uh, but it's not quite... Uh, it just says, Jesus says, I do not give peace as the world gives peace. He also doesn't give rest in the same way that the world gives rest. Um, the rest that we are longing for, the rest that only he can give, is our resting in the will of God. 
Um, and that can happen through suffering and that can happen through prayer. I'd prefer prayer if I had the two. And in prayer, the Lord sees what we're not resting in, what is not of his will. Um, so at the beginning of prayer, you know, he fills it with consolations. He's just happy that we're turning to him. And then very slowly he starts to uh, um, withhold his consolations. And we begin to enter into a, a dryness. And that becomes very confusing for people, especially like, you know, the broad audience of listeners who finally carve out this time to spend 15 and 20 minutes with the Lord, filled with consolations right away, and then suddenly it's got no consolations, and they're wondering, well, what's going on here? You know, I must have screwed something up, or the Lord's not interested anyway, and I'm busy anyway, so I'm not going to, you know, make this effort to, to spend in this 15, 20 minutes of prayer. And so that's where, you know, the the that's where this book can really appeal to, to any level of listener, those who are just beginning the prayer life. Um, it can also appeal to those who have been living cloistered Carmelite lives for years, as, as I've given this retreat to them. Um, but it's because the, the rest that the Lord is trying to lead us into uh, comes in a very confusing way, um, and we're not sure what to do when those consolations are withheld, when that dryness sets in, and we're not really, we become restless in that unless we have a good guide for us. And that's what this book is trying to bring us back to, are the very sound guides that we have of Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. Father, what was it in, um, I, I know we, we scraped upon this last month, what was it that moved you to those two? Did you, did you, were you raised that way? Was it in seminary? Was it your young adult life that you moved? There's beautiful, beautiful collection of saints out there. And these two, you mentioned over and over again, of course, the book is built upon their teachings on prayer and their, their witness to it. Uh, certainly their doctors of the church, but why those two and Carmelite? Yeah, it's interesting. I was just, you know, as, as you had mentioned, I began this new role as diocesan spiritual director and uh, a new person had come and we were meeting with them and they said, I understand you're very Carmelite. And I just smiled and I didn't say anything about that. And after our session of direction, I reflected to them. I said, so you can see that I'm not just Carmelite. I don't even mention them throughout this time. Um, they're just some of the tools that we have in our tool belt. Um, and at didn't find the need to use any of them in this session mm -hmm. with you. Um, there's many tools that we have throughout the church's tradition. Um, but I have found myself in teaching prayer that eventually John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila have something to offer us that's very, um, very unique in the way that they have offered it. And it's really the church who draws us to them by naming both of them doctors of the church. Um, the church has looked at the readings of John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila and said, these aren't just for the Carmelites in the 1500s, this is for everybody, so we're going to name them doctors. Mm. And then specifically John of the Cross is named the mystical doctor of the church. So that's what drew me to them, you know, in, in trying to teach people prayer, specifically contemplation. First I found myself drawn to the writings of, of John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila and found them to really apply to my own process of prayer and then tried to bring them to others. And, and one of the real goals in my um, teaching these courses and then writing this book 
is to help people see that they, they are accessible. Um, a lot of times we pick them up. I know myself, I picked it up the first time, probably in a seminary, and just like, boy, this is mm -hmm. beyond me. Um, I don't even understand their language, you know, what they're using. And so that, in my own efforts with the book and teaching people in the classes, learn that there's a couple things that we need to do in order to understand their language and appreciate their teaching and that's what I kind of set up in the book itself. So why was I, you know, why am I drawn to them specifically? Um, basically because I find that they are able to talk about these purifications and the experiences that we will have of God um, when we're in his yoke and when he's trying to purify us for him and him alone and for his will that they can spell it out for us in a way that very few souls have. And the church um, mm -hmm. presents them to us in that way when they've endured the test of time. Hearing you, it almost wow. seems like, uh, and maybe you want to offer more of a distinction for listeners, what I picked up and wrote down was your idea of resting in the, in the will of God, different mm -hmm. than what the world would would what we would mean by the idea of a rest, like mm -hmm. a sleep or like a break from activity. Yeah. Um, in your interesting engagement with the Carmelite experts in, in before this book was published. Um, would another word be, and do you want to offer a distinction, cooperate with the will of God, align yourselves with the will of God? Why particularly rest in the will of God? Because it gives some sort of you know, consolation, not, not in the idea of senses or emotions, but in the idea of knowing you're doing the Lord's will? Yeah, I, I guess the word I would do is, is being conformed or transformed um, into the will of God. Mm. That this is, this is, that's the subtitle. This is what God does in prayer. Um, I, I'm not such a good discerner of God's will. I'm not such a good uh, decider of the will of God. I usually go to what I find immediate comfort in, even in prayer, that I will find myself going to what's going to give me more immediately consolation, uh, what's going to give me a little bit of break that I need right now. And that needs uh, God's intervention in it at some stage. And that eventually, there's a, a, a deeper level of rest um, that the Lord wants to draw us into. And it's even though, like he says, uh, you're going to have trouble in the world. You're going to be hated in the world. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more restful to me than when I can enter into the prayer and in the depths of my being experience the Lord saying, well done, well done. I know it's been hard. I know it is hard. I know you're experiencing a lot of restlessness. And I know right now you're even agitated while you're sitting before me in prayer. Mm -hmm but well done. Mm -hmm. This is my will. I know it's hard. So even like the Lord, you know, experienced anxiety, anxiousness in the garden, but he rested in the will of his Father. He came back to the will of his Father. And there was something beyond even him that was the will of the Father that had to be conformed in his heart in that moment as a human. And we too, we, we will only rest in God's will but that's a hard process, that, and only God in the end can do that, and that's why we need that time in prayer. Suffering does it too, again, like I said, you know, suffering conforms us to it, but without that regular time in prayer, I really don't know how it's done. It's the solemnity of the assumption. We're speaking with Father Wayne Sattler. 
on his book, and you will find rest, what God does in prayer. We're going to keep right on that track. After this short break, we'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. This is Jake Warner, the State Deputy of the North Dakota Knights of Columbus. I was asked to explain if someone were to come to me and and ask why should they become a Knight of Columbus. I can answer from my my own experience, uh, and that would be um, becoming a Knight of Columbus has made me a better Catholic. It's made me a better uh, husband. It's made me a better father. It's made made me a better man. There are so many things about the Knights of Columbus that young men are really looking for, and and they don't understand it's just as close as as their local church. Becoming a part of of the Knights of Columbus local council uh, opens up so many doors for you. In a society where people are known to be loners and going their own way and, and trying to figure out what's going on around them, the Knights of Columbus provides you a family, people that you can go to, resources that you can reach out to, ask questions of, get encouragement from, uh, not only spiritual encouragement, but, but all kinds of things. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Um, I am Karen Slansky, along with Father Craig Holcalter, the pastor here at St. Anne's Catholic Church. They've been kind enough to let us um, have our studio here today. A great, uh, not as great a view as we had last time, but... <laughs> we can work on that. We can work on that, yes. We are visiting with uh, Father Wayne Sattler. He is the spiritual director for the Bismarck Diocese and the former pastor here at St. Anne's. And we've been very blessed to visit with him about um, his book, And You Will Find Rest, What God Does in Prayer. And I was just visiting with Father Sattler and break here a little bit, and and you know I think we'd like to have the listeners um, just get a little bit of, about the book, how it starts. I mean, you had a good conversation of of kind of what the the guts of it is. Okay. Yeah, the book is is broken down into two parts. Um, part one is trying to um, break down some of these terms that Teresa of Avila and John the Cross will use, like the active purifications, the passive purifications, what the faculties of the of the soul are, what the senses are, what the higher part of the soul is, what the lower part of the soul is, and then also to to break down uh, their specific understanding of contemplation. Um, so part one uh, spends time. 
introducing these terms to the reader and applying them um, for them. And then part two goes chapter by chapter through uh, the dark night and the interior castle. Um, so at the, at the core of this book is, is God's, again, desire for us to rest in him. So all of creation was formed for us to rest in him. On the seventh day, God himself rested, and we were all at rest with him. And because we, everything was in union with the will of God at that stage. And what, what happened then is that we, we found ourselves restless with wanting to become like God's and choosing for ourselves what is right and what is wrong. And then we broke from that, and that caused such a rift in our ability to rest in him. And so for the listener to appreciate, um, there are two levels of our soul. There are what we would call the senses of our soul. So all of our senses have been made good. You know, sight is to behold the goodness of God. Hearing is to hear God so that I can obey him. Um, you know, touch is to, to give of ourselves uh, uh, rather than to take. Um, smell is to awaken ourselves to the presence of God through good smells and bad smells. I mean, all of this is in, in the book there. And all of our senses were affected at, on the fall, you know, that instead of the, the smell to offer the sacrifice of not eating from that one tree, um, they, they didn't offer that sacrifice. They, they saw something and didn't see what God was asking of them in that. Instead, they saw what they wanted. Uh, they reached out not to give, but to take. Um, they were tasting not for the, this uh, uh, nourishment, but for just the pleasure. So everything became disrupted at that time. And ever since then, hmm. we're, we're trying to have a pure heart that can see God. So blessed are the pure of heart, for they can see God. But that, to have a pure heart, requires purification. And there are what we would call the active purifications and the passive purifications. The active purifications are those things that we do. So I can look um, and, and recognize that, you know, my addiction to food is causing me to be very restless. Um, I'm not able to just enjoy food, so I need to fast there. Or I can recognize that my social media use is causing me to be very restless, so I actively need to, like, curve how much I'm going to use there. Mm -hmm. So the act of purification to recognize, okay, I have to actively purify myself of these things that are causing me to be restless. God sees you doing that, and then he says, great, now let me come in and help you. That's what we call the passive purifications. That's where God comes in and starts to try to purify your soul in the way that only he can. Mm -hmm. And it's very painful when he does, and we have to consent to it. So it's when the Lord starts to show me, yeah, you know, you are a gossip hound and we need to pull you away from that. Or you are a junkie to consolations and we have to purify you that. Um, you're, you're so full of pride that all you do when you do something is looking for people's attaboys. That's all you're looking for. It's not for my glory. It's not for me. And so God comes in in a way that only he can and starts to purify us. Now these purifications happen at the level of what we would call our senses, which is the lower part of the soul, and then there's our faculties 
of our soul, which are the intellect, the memory, and the will. And this is all spelled out much better in the book. And if I had much more time, I would go into depth in it, but I'll spare you there. So there are, are really four levels of purification that have to happen. There's your active purification of your senses and of your faculties, and then the passive purifications of the senses and the passive purifications of the faculties. Now what St. John of the Cross is writing about are the passive purifications of first your senses, that's the dark night of the senses, and then the second one is the dark night of the soul, which are the, is the passive purification of your faculties. So that's a lot to say in a that short amount a of time. Um, but the gist of what's happening here is that we want a pure heart. We want our heart to be able to rest in God. And so we have to recognize those things that are causing me to be restless, and then we have to do our due diligence and deny ourselves those things so that that rest can come in. And then through the goodness of God, he comes in and sees, okay, let me help you with this. And as a hermit of old will say, these passive purifications are no joke, just as the purifications that will happen in purgatory are no joke either. But God is pure love, and he, he, he just simply, he, he cannot be in union with that which is not pure love as well. And so these purifications, they either happen now or they happen in purgatory. Mm. And, and we pray that they happen now because they're more efficacious to happen in this world because we have to consent to each and every purification that comes. Like a very wise spiritual director of mine, when these purifications came, he would say, holiness, Wayne, is standing in the fire of self-knowledge and letting it burn. So instead of running off to something else, when God starts to show you something that is not right, is not in place, and he's putting this before your, your face, instead of running and going, doing something, even something good, sit there and let it burn. And that's hard. That's, uh, that's the fires of purgatory. I mean, we, we make a lot of supplications about what that is, but it basically takes away anything that is not of his will, not of his love, and has to purify our souls of it. And we, on earth at this time, need to consent to that. And that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. And that's where this book kind of walks us through those purifications uh, that, that need to kind of unfold in our soul. And can you tell people where to get your book, Father? Because I think, gosh. It's important. Yeah, I, yeah. I need Sh to get one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a, a couple places. If you live in Bismarck, you can uh, get it at Mayo Pharmacy. Um, I believe that um, Parable also carries a few books yet. Um, the University of Mary Bookstore has them mm -hmm. in stock. And then for those outside the area, it is available on Amazon.com. So, I mean, that's available to anybody very easily. Awesome. Um, so just look and you will find rest on Amazon and you'll be able to find it there. Now, Father, you said last time, would you, we just got like two, uh, two more minutes left before uh, we conclude with you. You said last time, and if people remember, you are last year and then this year again, you brought some of this content to students uh, at the graduate level at the University of Mary. Mm -hmm. uh, how has that been for you in just a, just a one or two minutes just in terms of your lived experience of putting this book into their hands or the content of the book, right? The, what John and Teresa teach so well. 
Yeah, it's always interesting. Every time I begin teaching this, I always feel very insecure at the beginning of it. Like, okay, these are graduate students, or I'm mm. teaching this to Carmelite cloistered nuns, or like to a, a group of priests or religious or whatever. And I'm like, what? What can I possibly teach them? You know, and then we go through the material, and this just happened at the beginning of July. And these graduate students, and most of them were online. They're from all over the country. They're very involved in their local religious communities. And across the board, when we go through this material, um, they, the, the lights go on for them. They're like, well, I thought that was prayer, but I doubted that was prayer. Um, this, you know, for so many, and they, they say that it's transforming for them, that, because what will happen, the purifications are real, but then what will also happen is a, is a true and sincere rest does happen, and that's why I, I fooled in St. Teresa of Avila, because St. John of the Cross is just so insistent on this path of purification, because he wants us to be one with the will of God now. And it can be a little strong sometimes, and so I pepper in St. Teresa of Avila's writings because it focuses on what's going to be experienced in these dwellings. And one of these great gifts is the prayer of quiet that she talks about. And this is where, from all outside appearances, it looks like you're just sleeping in prayer. Um, and that, across the board, when it be, if this begins to happen, we get it wrong. We fight it, we try to stay awake, we you know, try to divert something, we feel guilty about it afterwards. And though all the time, we just, our whole being is like, just go there. You know, it's not like you're going into prayer and trying to sleep, but once you get in there, the Lord is like, okay, we're going to do, it's like I tell people, we're going to do surgery, so the Lord needs to knock you out, and he knows how to knock you out in a way that only he can. And it won't, you know, it probably last 15 minutes, maybe a half hour tops, Teresa of Avila says, and even seems shorter than that. And you come out of that, brief time when you consent to it again this this whole need to consent um to god's activity so when when he comes now and and through his activity he wants to draw you gently inward and then silence all the senses and as saint john of the cross says he wounds my neck and suspends all my senses i have to consent to abandoning my intellect and surrendering myself in the hands of God and letting him teach me what to do from that point, as St. Teresa of Avila says. But that's hard to do because the devil tempts us, as John of the Cross says, into thinking, mm. surely something else would be better to do at this time than just sit there and sleep. Mm. You know, you, you should uh, make some acts of the will. But this is the deepest act of the will, is to surrender to God's activity. And when you do... Um, it's it, on the outside. It's it's similar to sleep, but it's not sleep. Like I tell the students, I always wonder if I'm sleeping, but I've never wondered that when I'm actually sleeping. I've never sat in sleep. Am I sleeping or am I not sleeping? But in prayer, that does happen to me. And this for almost across this across the board for graduate students, for cloistered Carmelites, for religious and priests. The lights go on for this one because we all experience this because the Lord is good and he loves us and he wants us to rest in him. Father Sattler, thank you. And you will find rest to what God does in prayer, his book, uh, kind of a, a series of interviews. Uh, thank you for your time this morning and diving into the depths of prayer and, and what you've been doing in your work. Uh, Rachel, you're on the other side of the line. 
and you're going to offer us uh, some uh, eyes on the next show. Coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your hosts are Father James Gross and Father Jason <laughs> Leffer, coming to you live from the Grand Fork Studio. They'll be speaking with Father Slattery and Nancy Gord about the book Prison to Praise and get your questions ready for Straight Talk with Father Leffer and Father Gross. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you. That sounds like a good show. It does. Mm-hmm. Do, do, you know what we should do? I don't know who we need to talk to about this. We should have People's Choice Awards for Real Presence Radio. <laughs> Okay. So, like, best co-host, of, you know, co-host oh, of the year, host of the year, that's guest of the year. Sure. <laughs> Somebody probably will uh, say that's, like, too competitive, but um, I, I would want to provide that. I was going to say, good idea. you like to be competitive, correct? Yeah, yes. yeah uh, the apostles did, too. So, yes. I, I'm not sure why that wouldn't be a Catholic idea. I'm going to write an email. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what's unique, though, about having Father Sattler here in the studio? So good, yeah. Was... Oh. You know, watching, which the listeners don't get to watch, his his body language, his, mm. you know, just just such, I don't know, holiness, maybe? Mm. I don't know what to call it, but it was beautiful. So, yes, I, we were very blessed. Isn't, is, aren't there sometimes you have shows where you have, like, a cam on? No, is that a... No, not usually. You're, like, watching the radio show? No. Mm, no. <laughs> that might be a Catholic Well, answer. actually, Know Your Faith, when we do the Know Your Faith competition, we do. Yeah. No, which I've is done on that. Facebook. Yeah, yeah you, but it's yeah, more of a Facebook yeah. thing. So, well, right. uh, the solemnity of the Assumption, Mary being assumed body and soul. Again, uh, good listeners, good friends of Real Presence Radio, uh, defined formally, right, and taught by Pius the Twelfth in 1950, November 1st, uh, through his encyclical, Muni Francisissimus Deus, uh, but always believed by Catholics uh, from the time on. Um, we we know that divine revelation has always taught this truth that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. Karen's been great. Yes, thank you. Father. Myself, Father Craig Holcalter, pastor of the Church of St. Anne, along with Karen Selensky. We are uh, happy to be your co-host this morning, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on Real Presence Radio. More information on the banquets coming up here in the winter season, realpresenceradio.com forward slash banquets. And don't forget, listeners, the live drive, 7 to 7, the live drive coming to you September 13th, 14th, and 15th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. right here on Real Presence Radio. Go to Mary today. Say those Hail Marys. Come to her. Find a church that's quiet and spend time with her. Offer your... You offer her your heart, and she will give you back her immaculate heart. God bless you. Bye. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.